Good morning, everybody. Welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast with me, James Dixon, wishing you all a very good morning, afternoon or evening, whenever or wherever you join today's podcast from. This is my first time back behind the microphone of the podcast and recording some episodes today since uh, Event Tech Live Las Vegas. Um, it seems like an absolute age ago that that show took place, and it seems even longer since I was behind the microphone for the podcast. So it's great to be back today. And um, a little shout out at the start of today's recording to anybody listening to this who uh, who joined us over at Event Tech Live in Las Vegas for our inaugural event um a fantastic time a successful event and looking forward already to being back there for the show next year but on with today's podcast and on with today's subject matter um talking about something today that has been um i would say a consistent topic on the podcast for um at least 18 months now i would say that you know certainly every sort of three or four episodes either touches on this or dives into it in a bit of a deeper um conversation and that is of course sustainability um it's grown it's grown it's grown as a subject uh, matter within the events industry over the last few years um we were talking about a lot on the podcast pre-pandemic it kind of i suppose slipped off the radar for a period of time understandably as as events suffered during that period uh, between 2020 and 21 but it's been great to see that as as live events have very very much not just come back but are stronger than ever that the topic of sustainability has also come back to the forefront of the conversation within the industry um and that's what we're going to be talking about today on the podcast events as a force for good holistic sustainability in the events industry a white paper that was published um this year and uh, two of the people behind that white paper are joining me on the podcast today to have a little chat about that um i'm delighted to welcome first of all emily mall the content and event strategist for emc3 emily welcome to the podcast this morning hi there thanks for having us great to be here no problem at all delighted that you are here and um joining us as well is saskia liney the founder of from now a specialist sustainable sustainability consultancy for the events industry saskia a very warm welcome to the event industry news podcast thank you lovely to be here this morning um I, I, I'm, there's a number of places that we could start today um let's do some introductions first of all and then maybe dive into into the white paper because that that probably gives us a, as good a starting point as any emily let's come to you first of all as i said content and event strategist at emc3 tell us a little bit about yourself and exactly what emc3 do within the industry Hi, yeah, so I'm a content event strategist with EMC3. EMC3 is a full service agency and we help with all sorts of incredible um, clients to do amazing, really groundbreaking events all through the um, different spaces. And so, yeah, they do really exciting events. We've just been working on VCon, um, so that's just been finishing up. And so a really great, successful event there. Um, and in terms of my role, I support with um, strategy with uh, lots of our different clients to really make sure we're focusing on how we want to achieve our goals, making sure that we have got a really solid purpose-driven strategy so that we can make sure that we are backwards planning so that we can really address those KPIs and achieve the goals that we have set out to do. So that's the main sort of bulk of my role. Fantastic. And Saskia, um, tell us a little bit about From Now and um, why it was set up. Yes, so I have a background um, in events also at EMC3, been working in events for kind of the last 10 years and a few years ago we kind of had a look at the industry and thought you know there's probably a better way of doing this we should be doing things in a way that isn't so wasteful or isn't so destructive um obviously covid came and changed everybody's um event strategies a little bit but we kind of used that time to put together from now which um 
which has been doing really well. We are, as you said, a sustainability consultancy focused in the events industry, but also kind of hospitality and leisure industry as well, working with a number of different um, venues, different corporates, different clients to help make their events and their strategy more sustainable so that when they're actually wanting to implement sustainability within within their events and within their um, processes, they, they've got a handle where to start and they kind of know what needs to be done because it can feel like su- such a minefield. Um, where do we begin? Where do, where do we start with things? So just helping people along that journey uh, from now. And and let me, I know I said I'd come to the white paper, but straight away, something that, that springs to mind, Saskia, that I'd like to ask is, is that, that that subject of understanding and it can feel like a bit of a minefield um, is, is part of the role of, of the consultancy and, and, and why From Now exists is to maybe take some of that sort of real legwork of research off of organisers, because time is so precious to them as an event organiser. Um, I, I, are you at a stage at the moment where you won't necessarily know absolutely everything about sustainability, but you can take some of that sort of critical time um, consuming work off of the organisers' hands and do the research on their behalf? Yeah, we absolutely can. I think one of the things that I find most important is actually understanding the organisation, whether that's an event as an organisation or a business and working out what your goal is. So quite a lot of people kind of look at sustainability and they're like, all right, well, we're going to do tote bags or we're going to get rid of plastic or we're going to do this. But actually taking a step back and working out, okay, how can we have the biggest impact? Quite often it's attendee travel, um, which isn't like one of the jazzy things that you want to shout about, but attendee travel is one of the places where often you make the biggest carbon saving. So it's having a look um, there at what you want to achieve and making sure that it's relevant, um, relevant to your company. There's no point picking a goal that's not kind of relevant to everybody working on the event or everybody involved in the event. Um, and then, as you said, there's a lot of legwork in measuring or reducing or researching how you're going to get there. So we kind of help all along the journey. I just I think the most important part is that that goal setting um and working out what do we want to achieve and also the why why do we want to achieve it everybody knows kind of oh we'll do sustainability it's good for the environment but actually there's a lot more to it working out why we want to achieve this goal for this event and it might be different for other events or different companies so just working out the why as well there Mm. i'll just jump on that with the the workshops that from now do are really powerful with really helping people think through what is it that we want to achieve and so what would be an appropriate set of goals for us to all really align on get behind on make sure that we have got a real um, united front on working to achieve that goal because if you've got the whole team united you are so much more likely to be able to achieve that goal and Saskia and um, the consultants that work with her the workshops that they do are really good at driving into what is it that's going to be appropriate for your team, your organization, your audience, your clients, so that it can be something that's really purposeful and meaningful and is much more likely to then be successful. Um, so, that, yeah, the workshops they do with that are really powerful. I, I'm going to come to the white paper now, but I have got to, don't let me forget, there's a question I'd like to ask about buy-in on this, which which we'll come to in a bit. Um, but the, the, let, let's move to the white paper. Um this is available, Emily, via the EMC3 website um, and the white paper. If, if somebody will put a link into it, but if you search sustainable events, white paper and EMC3.com, yeah. it will be really easy to find anybody listening to this today. So, so do go and have a, a, a look at it. And, and it may be useful if you're reading, if you're listening to this podcast now to pause and maybe get that 
white paper in front of you um, because it's it's a point of reference that people could have while they're listening to this. T tell us a little bit about the, the thinking and the process behind putting it together and maybe, you know, some of the what was the process in, in developing yeah. this? Because it's fairly comprehensive. Yeah, thank you. So the the white paper came about, um, we were wanting to explore a little more about how events could be used as a force for good. So not just about limiting negative impact, but also thinking about how can we be using events to leave places, leave people, uh, leave communities better off than they were before the event, as opposed to thinking, how can we just use this space, use this team, um, how can we be leaving these people, these places, these communities better off than they were before? Um, and that's obviously a lot of what From Now is focusing on. How can we be making sure that our events are sustainable and not just about reducing carbon impact, um, but also thinking about how can we make sure that these events are uh, economically sustainable, are socially sustainable? Are they going to be of benefit to the community where they are taking place? Um, and so we wanted to explore this a little bit further. Um, my background, I'm a geographer. Um, and so uh, this is a very um, familiar topic to me, very comfortable topic for me um, in terms of my academic background. I also taught geography for a really long time. Um, and so this is something that is is was really significant to me. But I also really was looking for some more event specific data and information um, as a, my academic background means that I really want to see the data. I want to mm. see the results. Yeah. I want to see the graphs, the evidence. I want to know where you got that graph from. I want to know that that data is valid. And so this was something that we wanted to contribute to all of the great work that is already being done across the industry, um, but to add something else to contribute, to drive it forwards. And so we wanted to look at a number of different things. Um, starting off with a bit of a, an overview of why this is significant. What is the state climatically that we're at at the moment? What are some of the risks that we are um, facing? What are some of the timeframes involved? How do we gather that data? Um, so hopefully people will find that really interesting and in how we gather some of that climate data. Um, I always love that section. Um, yeah. And then um, it's really just cool to see an ice core, like, and how they track all of that different sort of atmospheric data. So that's pretty cool. Well, absolutely. One, if you don't mind me jumping in here, just yeah. to, uh, there's something that that jumps out in the first sentence of the. It's the first, I suppose, full explanatory tab. Um, what is the problem in the white paper? And in the first sentence, it says the event industry's continued reliance on natural and human resources. And what I really liked in that opening sentence is reliance on natural and human resources. <clears throat> Excuse me, because. Uh, I've said this before on the podcast that there is this, I suppose, thinking amongst a lot of people in the events industry that when it comes to sustainability, it's all about climate change. It's all about um, carbon footprint. It's all about using recycled coffee cups and not having any, you know, single use plastic on site, et cetera, et cetera. But this whole element of well-being of human resources, of the sustainability aspect of looking after your teams in the industry yeah. so that they stay with your it, within your employment for longer. So I was really, really interested to see that the word human resource was used in the very first sentence. And that's why it's about this holistic sustainability, because we're not just thinking about how can we reduce our single-use plastic. Um, but exactly, how can we make sure that the people that are working in our industries are taken care of and that they are invested in and that they are earning a fair wage and that they have all of the different um, 
elements that will allow them to be successful in their employment, in their career, and that it's an industry that our next generation of young people are really excited to join because they know that there is um, a great future there, that there is um, job protection there, and all of those different elements. So that's definitely a really important tenet of this. Um, mm -hmm. And we wanted to look at some of the... Um, Obviously, as you'd said, you know, this is such a big area. It's grown so much in terms of its uh, visibility in the in the industry, in the community. Um, but one thing we touch on, for example, is this concept of greenwashing and how, you know, people can be very quick to use certain terms. that Actually, we don't know what they mean. What does it mean if something's greener or if something has recyclable <laughs> material in it? You know, that could be the tiniest fraction that actually isn't very significant. Um, and Saskia, you've got a great example with your the cotton tote bags, um, the example of how, you know, actually to get the most out of an organic cotton tote bag, you have to use it so many times, so many times. I think times. it's like you'd have to use it every day for something like 50 to 70 years to make yeah. it. Um, wow. And it's more sustainable than using plastic bags just because of the amount of water that it takes to grow yeah. the cotton and the amount of production that goes into that. So yeah. we have quite a lot of people who just think, OK, well, we're not going to have a plastic bag at the event. We're going to give everyone a tote bag. Everybody has 150 tote bags sitting under their sink in a bag. You know, we don't use them all every day. So we don't need to be producing those things. And that's kind of where we have a look again all of the different goals and using that tote bag example it might be that we don't spend five pounds on you know giving everybody a tote bag because nobody needs one we send them an email and ask them to bring their own we look at investing that five pounds in planting five trees or we look at making a donation to a local charity or using it to get tickets for um, local students to come along to the event or we give everybody you know um, a Duolingo subscription for a month or a Headspace subscription for a month and give them actually a giveaway or a swag item as, as it's known that actually does some good either to them or the local community rather than just thinking a tote bag is sustainable a reusable coffee cup is sustainable you know we need to think a little bit more about the wider impact and actually dig into it and think about okay how can we make the best use of this investment we have for the event and not just in a marketing term and ROI actually investing in local communities um, investing in those destinations when you've got you know a 5,000 person event and you're choosing a destination it's worth thinking about okay where can we actually have a positive impact on a destination we can use some of our funds in maybe a location that we wouldn't have thought of before and we can engage in some community activities or we can engage in some kind of biodiversity or regenerative activities whilst we're there or invest in them and mm. actually use it as an opportunity to do a bit of good and the legacy of your event um, to make it better rather than just kind of going to a destination pillaging the resources using all the cheap labor <laughs> that might be there and then leaving we want to make sure that people are thinking okay how can we leave this place a little bit better than it was before we all arrived on the on the the subject uh, you know i don't want to dwell on tote bags for the entire uh, it's what everyone talks about when podcast, they think of sustainability but, but, but you know just thinking about it you know are you trying to promote or do, will you ask your clients why do they want them in the first place you know what what are we putting in these bags now at events yeah. you know because you know there's so the, people travel light you know people are used to traveling light nowadays they can get their entire business in a laptop and a, a mobile phone and put it in a backpack and hop on a train somewhere you know why are we still at a stage where we're giving people tote bags full of information or, or so goodies or whatever 
And there's so much yeah. less print at conferences now as well. I was at a conference recently and, you know, it's great to see there is so much less paper that you're being handed, which, you know, often just ends up being put in the bin or being recycled. So, yeah, it's a really interesting question, isn't it? Well, I, I, if I could just throw out an example, this is this is something that's really fresh in my mind because it happened last week. I was working up in Scotland at a university there on a conference for um, arborists uh, people who work with trees yeah uh and they had bags given to every delegate that were rammed full of printed information from all of the sponsors and exhibitors and i thought there's there's have they not is the irony sort of not lost on them yeah. a little bit that they are they're all people <laughs> who work in 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 work you know trying to promote tree sustainability uh, and that they they're handing out literally tons and tons of printed information that was delivered in cardboard boxes um via yeah. trucks and i think and this is something that from now is is really good at like saskia said earlier about just having that initial conversation of what is what are your goals here what do you want to achieve what do you want to communicate maybe there are different ways that we can communicate this maybe we can share with you some of our insights of what people are looking for in terms of material swag because we have lots of information on that mm. how can we then share that with you so that you can really get to know your people better and then give them something like Saskia said that they are going to value much more than just another tote um that's full of printed material that they probably won't read um and it's about that conversations like what are you looking for what are your goals then we can help you to put that into a framework so that you can be achieving those goals in a in a really sort of structured format um and sometimes it really is just about an opportunity to think outside the box because people often do things was because we've always done it this way and you yeah. need the space to be able to think oh you could do something different we could give people a subscription to something for a month um or a voucher for something you know who doesn't have a voucher for free coffee you know that kind of thing yeah. um that people sometimes you just have to have that conversation and then they can go, Oh, that's a great idea. My people would love that. But it's just because they get so stuck in a rut and you're so busy and there's so much going on and you don't have the headspace that you get sort of into this pattern of just, well, it's what we did last year. Let's just do it again because it's easy instead of something that could be a quick, simple change that would be just so much more impactful. Yeah. And quite, quite often you'll get the response. Oh, well it's sponsors. Sponsors need to have their logo on things or sponsors need to have a piece of paper that's got their information on it because they're paying for a service. But actually when you dig into it, the sponsors are thinking the same thing. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've built sponsorship prospectuses that are based around sustainability. So a sponsor will sponsor the recycling of the event. A sponsor will sponsor a donation to a local food bank. A sponsor has a million different things they can sponsor at an event. It doesn't have to be a piece of paper or a tote bag. And actually, they are things that are more meaningful. If you go to a yoga class in the morning of your event and it's sponsored by XYZ, you're going to remember that person because they sponsored the yoga class and it was run by them and they organized it. Probably more than if somebody hands you a pencil with that person's logo on or you know a flyer with that person's yeah. logo on so the exposure can still be there without having to produce things well we have so many digital assets now at events yeah you know not just on site but in the run-up as well you know you might have a you know virtual events platform that you're using there are loads of tech providers out there that provide event platforms they can be sponsored you know event apps registration 
platforms yeah. you know it, and then when we get on site you know t- tvs are 10 a penny now on 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 show floors at, at trade shows at conferences we've got big screens everywhere you know there are so many sort of locate even in hotel venues now it's not uncommon for them to have tvs mounted next to the doors of their conference rooms you know that you can put content on yeah. you know if, if yeah. people actually took a minute to look at how many digital assets they've got available to them or that they could deploy at an event i, I think you'd get just as much if not more brand coverage for sponsors yeah. as, if, as if you would just giving it somebody on a piece of paper because to me the piece of paper as well as a very short life cycle you know often it, it goes in the boot of the car if they've driven there or it goes in a tote bag they get on the train or they they, they go home and it gets left by the front door never to be seen again so I, I think just you utilizing digital assets i think is one of the sort of the biggest messages you can put to any level of event organizer whether it's a 50 yeah yeah, sorry. And I was just going to say, and ultimately, it's often also what the community associated with that sponsor are looking for as well. They, the community that that sponsor already has, is also looking for their sponsor, for their company, their organisation that they're affiliated with, to be setting new standards and doing things differently. And the data that that we have and the and the sort of um, organisations that we've been in contact with are saying similar things. Everybody's looking for their the companies and organisations that they're affiliated with to be setting new standards. And that was something that we really wanted to highlight with this white paper um, and with some of the examples that we included and um, some of that sort of best practice piece, because there is incredible work going on. And we really wanted to celebrate that and to give it a bit of a spotlight. Um, but there is also a lot of work still to do. And so that was, I think, the sort of the balance we tried to strike with this. I think um, using using the digital assets as an example there, we, we had a client who actually said, OK, we'll do this. But now we're really worried about the amount of electricity that we're using because we've got all these extra screens. So you can't be perfect in every single way. It's about choosing what you want to achieve. And part of their goals were having a paperless event and not having any print. And so the digital assets did tick that box, but we're not going to print, we're going to go digital. Um, Yes, there is obviously a carbon footprint from using the screens and from using that electricity, even if it's renewable, you know, the the screens have got to be produced or transported. But it's, as Emily said, it's about celebrating what you have done and celebrating that we have made this choice and this is our journey. And there's always going to be people, you know, we work in sustainability. Emily and I both have cars that we drive. We're not, you know, the people who are just walking everywhere because sometimes we need to go in the car. And so it's when nobody's perfect, we need to just work on, you know, we're on our journey and we're trying and being able to talk about that and being able to publish that is really, really important. Um, There's a section in the white paper that talks about green hushing. And that is just saying nothing because you're too scared that people are going to pull you up on it or say you're not doing good enough or you should be doing better and actually not talking about sustainability and kind of hiding anything you are doing is sometimes as damaging as greenwashing just because you know quite often all we see are people who are doing things really really well so you'll see like oh great we had a net zero event and we had no waste to landfill and we did all this great community stuff not that's not realistic or achievable for everybody so it's really important that we talk about the fact that oh yeah we got rid of we got rid of print we know there's a carbon footprint associated we're measuring it for the digital print but we're doing what we can you know don't be afraid to actually make those small steps just because you're not perfect and just because you know you're not doing everything that could possibly be done doesn't mean that we shouldn't be celebrating those little journeys that people are taking Mm. and i wonder go go on emily jump in what you were going to mention earlier maybe about the buy-in piece um i think that the piece thing here is about 
is about how you get everyone on board okay and it is it can be tricky to get people on board you know it can be tricky to change the way people have done things and um that can be tricky but again one of the things that we often look look at in, in the workshops is what is the first little thing that you can do a little change just a little change it might not even be re like removing all printed material um we worked relatively recently with a client and it was just about reducing the printed material just sure. just um, or about a, just a little menu change, for example. Um, one of our consultants was working with a client and they proposed a beef-free menu. Um, the client was super happy with it. There was great feedback about the menu from all the delegates. Um, the fact that there wasn't a beef dish was not even noticed. Um, but again, it made a huge difference, not only to the cost of the menu for the, for the um, mm -hmm. client, but um, to the overall carbon um, impact of the of the event. And so sometimes it really is just about those little changes just to get the ball going, get some data, that baseline data, um, just a little step. And then next time, maybe do a little bit more, a little bit more. And so that it can gradually build up so that it can be something that is um, achievable, that is sustainable, that you can really yeah. get buying in from, that you can then, once you've got some data, you can then present that data to leadership and say, look, this is the impact that it had. This is great. Our, you know, our customer base, our community base is going to think that this is a really strong move. Um, this was the feedback on the event. This was the feedback on X, Y, and Z. So it's, you know, it is a really positive thing. And you know, I am a real advocate for just getting that data. And, you know, even if the data isn't perfect, if you can get something, then you've got your benchmark and then you can start comparing year on year, event on event. Um, and it's just a way of then showing the impact of what you're doing. And like Saskia said, even if it's little, yeah. showing what you're doing. Uh, and and I, I guess what I want to ask here, Saskia, is, is what it's like working with, with clients who themselves are organizing events now. Uh, uh, it is one of the, I suppose, the, the panic considerations from them that they, they feel like overnight or in one year, you know, from event to event, they've got to change everything and suddenly make it a sustainable event. It, it, is this something that actually we can use to our advantage to, to sort of um, to just reassure organisers a little bit that actually nobody's going to think ill of you if you don't change overnight. It's about yeah. showing this, this progress that Emily was talking about. Yeah, and people people do worry because I think if you don't know much about sustainability or if you don't have a huge experience in it, you kind of look at your event and you think, where do we where do we start? You know, we've got companies we're working with, and they're like, we just we just don't know where to start. We can see everywhere that there are these negative things happening. Where do we start? And it's that there's there's so much to do, but I'm going to do nothing because there's so much to do that I just can't I can't take it on. It's too big a project. We'll think about that next year. And that's quite often what we see is, OK, well, we're really busy. The events in six weeks. We'll think about it next time. Mm -hmm. And that cycle continues. And then those changes don't get put in. So what what we do in the workshops is break it down into the goals. And we've, we've talked about this a little bit, but the goals being like, OK, well, this year there's less print next year all the prints made of recycled paper year three were a printless event something like that that gives us okay we've got three years to go from basic to better to best and we'll try and get there and if we don't get there we'll realign our goals after one year and see how we're tracking or see how we've measured people are worried about the amount of things that they have to do but as we've said you know doing something little is better than doing nothing and you'll be surprised at how much value consumers are putting on sustainability at the moment you know if you can show that 
oh great we're having a vegetarian lunch today because it's saving this much carbon which is equivalent to driving to edinburgh this many times or whatever that calculation looks like and you can show your attendees this is why we're doing it you're going to have buy-in and i think in in the events industry we've got a really rare opportunity and that when we've got delegates at a conference especially you control you control where they travel to because you control the destination you control what they eat what they drink you control what type of electricity they use to some extent through choosing a venue that perhaps uses renewables you control the content they consume you control everything that kind of they consume within that event period whether that's a day or a week and you can use that opportunity to really showcase that life can be more sustainable so showcasing that you know we're having a plant break plant-based lunch and it's delicious um you could do this um, at home you know that recently didn't we Saskia at the yeah. reimagined event that we had we hosted an event with from now um at BMA house at the end of March and the um which was brilliant it was all on mm. um just this exact topic you know events as a force for good we had some brilliant partners with us um and the meal provided by um BMA house um was using some of their own products from their own kitchen garden. Um, and it was a plant-based meal and everyone was just raving about it, absolutely raving about it. And it was just a really exciting way to show people what a different type of menu can look like as opposed to your traditional sort of two meat options or whatever it is menu. Yeah, um, yeah. It was just, I mean, people were going back for seconds and thirds. It was just great. Um, well, I, I, I can, I've got a reference point to this as well, just as to, to, to back this up. And, and you're right to say that we've got a unique opportunity in the events industry where we're in control of that stuff. And I went to a friend's wedding last year and um, he and the bride are, are vegan. And so it was a vegan menu. And that's the first time I've been in an environment where the, the you know that there was no option that 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 yeah. that's it but it was also a great opportunity like you said to showcase you know how creative that that that, that cuisine can be and the food was delicious I I, I said absolute genuine they, they yeah. had a vegan pizza oven then in the evening um park up outside a, 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 a food truck it, it really was good. Um, and like you said, it, it is a great point to make that we are in control of so many factors at yeah. an event that it is a good if we do it right. It's a great opportunity to to give people a new new way of thinking or at least yeah. some other yeah. ideas that they may not of their own volition go off and explore. And that's right. something it's it's hard to measure, which is difficult because we do all these things and you, it's very hard to measure the legacy of something like that. Like you can't ask every attendee, well, how many vegan meals did you cook within the yeah. month after the event? You know, it's hard to measure. But it's those type of things that you can see the change. And when you speak to people, you can see the change. And within the industry, you know, there's a there's been a shift towards sustainability in the last couple of years. And we want that to kind of stick around. It's, we don't want it to just be the latest buzzword and then, you know, something else comes along. So it's about creating that change and giving people the opportunity to learn a little bit at the events that perhaps they can they can integrate into their their everyday life. Yeah. And if we go back to the, to the you know, the title of the white paper events as a force for good, when you consider that there is not a business sector or a consumer sector in the world that doesn't have a trade show or an event relevant to it. If we look at B2B events, you know, specifically, you know, whether it's plumbing, care home management, um, medicine, science, every single business sector you could possibly think of has yeah. got not just one, but many, many events that, that the people who work in that sector can go for. So as an industry, as an events industry, we've actually got the ability to, 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 to take on and, and adopt processes 
that actually by osmosis would filter down through virtually yeah. every business sector. That's before it, we, we touch consumer events. So yeah. it, it really is an opportunity to sort of drive change, not just in our own industry, but in all sectors. Yeah. And an example of that is something that we are working on. One of our partners, Just One Tree, they are um, a reforestation and tree planting organisation. And kind of the sell is that for one pound, you can plant at least one tree. And so they work in places that are close to the equator. So they have a lot more impact than, for example, planting a tree in West London. Um, and it means that they can also do it cheaper. They create jobs for local communities in areas that um, are traditionally poorer areas. But the kind of pull that we have there is that there are so many tickets sold to events every year and there are so many events that happen. If everybody added one pound to their ticket price for the events, you know, if everybody, if every event ticket price had one pound added or one pound per delegate added to the budget, we could plant millions of trees and that could make such a positive impact. And when you are planning events and you're looking at a budget, a pound is nothing. A pound means nothing in the grand scheme of your budget. Even a pound in attendee often means nothing in the grand scheme of the budget. And so little changes like that doesn't take long. It's easy to do. You can have such a big impact and you can tell all your attendees, we've planted a tree for you and it's doing great. And you can shout about it and you can use it as marketing. And, you know, if you're at a 1000 person event, that's only cost you a thousand pounds of your budget to be able to do that you would spend more on marketing anyway. So if you can use things like that, actually, you're using them for marketing purposes and you're using them for a return on investment, but you're actually doing some good with that money as well. And that's just kind of one example on how as an industry, we can start a trend to make things a force yeah. for good there. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Emily, could, just to pick up on that point, something you said earlier about, um, about data, the scientist in you, yeah. going back to, to seeing the evidence and seeing the data. Um, when we talk about that as an example, for example, the tree planting, you know, you, you, an, an extra bit of budget and it goes to, right, we're going to plant a thousand trees, one for each of the attendees. Yeah. How difficult is it at the moment to actually trace and track and see that that was done? I'm so not that saying that they're, they're, I'm not saying there are organised out there who don't do it, but they may hand their money over to a company who goes and yeah. plants trees and they say, yeah, we've done that for you. Well, that was my exact question um, when I um, got to know Just One Tree and when I got to know Amanda, who's the, the founder of Just One Tree, that was my exact question to her. Because I said, you know, as a geographer, I have studied examples where this is just a ploy and, you know, all of the trees die. Um, and it's exactly as you say. Um, but she's incredible and the communities that they work with are incredible. The, they have got lots of photos um, of where they have got all of the tree nurseries and the communities that are involved, really empowering local communities to be taking ownership of that um, that forestry um, that forestry work. And there's lots of photo evidence for how it's growing, how it's developing. We've got all of the like GIS type satellite imagery to see how that is changing. And that will obviously need time. You know, trees take a really long time to grow, but ultimately we've um, just one tree and has been able to share with us the the impact that they are already having environmentally economically socially um, in the communities where they are operating so this is a partner that we have been just thrilled to collaborate with thrilled to recommend um, and definitely one that is really taking responsibility for tracking and then proving the work that they are doing um, because as you say you know you need to have the data you can't just make a claim and then accept 
and hope that people will just believe you. You need to be able to have the evidence to back up what you're doing. And we really, truly believe that Just One Tree as a partner do have that evidence and are a great organization to partner with for this. And I think it's it's the same, whoever you're working with in the industry, if you're looking for sustainability credentials, it's very, very easy for people to say, yeah, 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 we're a green company. You know, we use recycled paper in the office. Great. But actually doing a little bit of digging. And if somebody really does stand behind what they're saying, they shouldn't have any problems in sending yeah. you their sustainability policy or sending you examples or sending you their values. And just feel like people feel worried to ask the questions and push for information and, you know, oh, are you at? feels a bit awkward to say well are you actually recycling this or are you actually doing this but that is what we need to start that costs us nothing that's not a budget line item by asking for someone's sustainability policy because if they have 10 people asking for it in a month and they don't have one they're going to start thinking oh actually you know this is becoming more and more popular we should probably get on this bandwagon and start doing sustainability a bit more and you start that chain just by asking oh do you know where this comes from or how far have your crew traveled and actually starting those conversations is really powerful as well uh, I've, i'm just going to pick up on something there and, and you'll notice i was very quick on the mute button everybody when, <laughs> when the front doorbell went and the dog started to bark um but you, you use the term bandwagon uh, yeah. and i'm i'm uh, not to critique, but is it important that we we try and promote a message that it's it's not just a bandwagon? It's not just oh, let's hop on that because it will look good for us an event. This this is about getting people to buy into it fully rather than just seeing it as a bandwagon. I'm, I'm it is. It is. It definitely is. And we know between us that we need to do more than just you know a trend. But we do have clients. I have as a sustainability consultancy one client and the founder openly says i do not believe in climate change it's a scam this isn't real however this looks great for my marketing so let's spend money and do it and for me it's like okay you're still making changes and you're still doing something positive towards climate change whether or not your founder believes it's true or not we're still making those changes which is better than doing nothing and if people are doing it for a marketing plan if people are doing it for pr it's not the best reason behind doing it, but at least they are still doing something, which is way better than doing nothing. What, what a great what a great response, actually, because every time I've asked that question before, I've said, oh, no, it's about buying. But you, yeah, you are right. You know, any form of change in the right direction is is positive change, isn't it? Yeah. Excellent. Um, we, we are already over time today, but I always know I always know with two guests, it's going to be difficult to cram in <laughs> the entire conversation. But before we wrap up, we, we need to sort of fire out some links some points of reference where people can go. It's really important why we've got you both on the podcast today that we we try and direct people who are tuning into this in the right direction and give them some some um, some things to go at. So, Emily, let's come to you first of all. Um, anything that you want to throw out there now? Uh, links? social media anything like that yeah well um we would love to connect on uh linkedin um emc3 and with myself um on linkedin uh emc3's got a wonderful website with loads of our case studies and things like that and that's where you'll also find the white paper so i'll make sure that all the those links are there um and then if anyone needs anything um to please get in touch um that would be great uh, and saskia same same to you um yeah. anything that you want to throw out there websites links so from now is from hyphennow.com. So you can find um, information about us on the website. But I think my my one here is go and check out Just One Tree. Go and just Google Just One Tree. Go on their website, see what they do. Make a donation of a pound. And that's all. That's all. If everybody who's listening does that, we can start, start a real change. And that to me is more important than 
going on the From Now website. So if you're going to do one, go to Just One Tree and have a look at what they do and watch some of their videos. There we go. Google was Just One Tree. Uh, let's just recap to the, 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 the two websites as well. Uh, from-now.com uh, for From Now and Saskia um, and <coughs> EMC three.com a really yeah. easy one and as i said earlier on in this episode if you google uh reimagine sustainability um if you google the white paper you'll find all those resources via you know both of those websites um i should probably as well it would be foolish of me not to mention the fact that um as part of the production team for event tech live um the, the the team behind that we've also launched event sustainability live that launches in in london um at excel that will run on the 15th and 16th of november alongside event tech live a brand new show called event sustainability live where conversations like this are going to form all of the content um for the for the conference stages and the content stages that will be at that particular event as well as um exhibitors and stakeholders who are involved in event sustainability um so i've no doubt that if, if you if your ears are pricked up and you've tuned into this conversation today, it would be foolish of me not to say to you, check out Event Sustainability Live, um, which will take place at Excel later on this year. Um, thank you to both of our, our guests today for joining us. Um, Emily Moore, the content and event strategist from EMC3, and Saskia Liney, head of sustainability um, at From Now. Um, a pleasure to talk to you both. Thanks for taking a bit of a dive into that white paper. And the final thing to say today would be to just urge people to go and tap into some of the resources that we've spoken about on the podcast today. Start with the white paper, go um, to Just One Tree, check out some of those websites that we're given and, um, and continue this conversation and research in your own time. And join us later on in the year where hopefully both of you, I don't know if you're, you're going to be there, but it'd be great be to well. see you there. Um, it'll be, it's certainly tied into what we're speaking about today. Um, don't forget that if you want to, listen to audio versions of the podcast so you're watching this on the website already go to wherever you get your podcast from spotify apple Podcasts. just search for the event industry news podcast and you can get audio versions of uh, all of our podcasts of course you may be listening to us already today on one of those platforms and you can go in the opposite direction you can see video versions of all of the podcasts on eventindustrynews.com as well as accessing all of the uh, news supplements special features the a to z supplier directory all of that other good stuff that's on the event industry news website at the same time um, which brings us neatly and nicely to the end of today's episode thanks again to both of my guests today my name is james you. dixon we'll see you on the next episode of the podcast thanks very much to you both cheers thank you Bye. so much Thank you.